Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting this episode number 449 of KMA Talk Radio from sunny South Florida, along with my trusted gang, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, migraine-free this Saturday, and the man they call <laughs> Goat, Alex Tavella. Got a little cough there, Paul? You sure you could do the show? You know what? I know we were going I, with Shameless Paul. I fly, I get a cough. Oh, that's true. Shameless Paul, no? I like Shameless Paul. I got to get Duffy to redo the intro. Shameless Paul. Can't wait. Shameless. Listen, man, as I said to Alex, if I if I hadn't been throwing up, I would have come on. And then everybody yelled at me saying that it would be great radio if I was throwing up on the air, but that wasn't going to happen. Historic radio. It would have been historic radio had you thrown up on the air. I mean, uh, some some things you just gotta do for yourself. I guess I, I guess I couldn't sacrifice for my craft because <laughs> you seldom do anything for yourself. I, what what do I do for myself? I believe everything every for trip else is here. for yourself. You what? No, it's for the kids, what? man. Sure no. it is. Sure it, it is. It is, but it it serves a <laughs> it fills something in you the kids the kids are just icing on the cake yeah i mean i like i like going i like being there i don't really like doing things on a schedule that's the part that i kind of hate i would just hang out in the parks and just be there but leave it to paul to ruin historic radio thanks <laughs> i mean we really didn't ruin historic radio we just didn't have the didn't make it. moment that we could have yeah. had i think a throw up on camera would have made Definitely epic moment. Would, would Facebook allow that? I don't know. Yeah. Are you oh, kidding? yeah. On a live broadcast? Absolutely. I guess then we would have to find something to play in the replay. Or we oh, would yeah, mosaic would it some, out. That would have made for some great clips. We could have taken <laughs> we could have taken anything like silly that someone said or we didn't like and then just show the clips of throwing up. Throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It would have so that much usage. Oh, so much it's funnier usage. funnier if it's somebody else. It would have never oh. died, Paul. After you're long gone from this earth, that clip would still be going places. It remains, yes. <laughs> oh, look at this. Yeah, my my pseudo friend Chrissy Critchfield. I don't know. She uh, she <laughs> she Judas you yesterday. How yeah? How quickly how quickly she turns when she can uh, make fun of me with a meme. <laughs> but that was funny because when I threatened Paul to post that conversation, he's like nobody's gonna care. care. Yeah, hey, got a lot of got a lot of play. Yeah, about, Paul's gonna Paul's gonna book our next guest employees from San Cristobal. Yes. <laughs> what uh, is your tooth all fixed now, or what? 
I'm going to tell you something. You know, a lot of, you know, I have keratoconus, and we talked about this because Steve Toth actually suffers from it as well. And, you know, when I was diagnosed in my early 20s, you know, I had a really hard time getting fit. And my mother, my mother basically told me, just go to another doctor. And my argument back then in my 20s was one eye doctor to another eye doctor. I mean, they're eye doctors. What's going to be the difference? And she stressed on me how, how, you know, different doctors see different things and that, you know, she had the same problem until she found the right doctor. And I learned that lesson, but it just never seemed I wanted to apply it to dentists, right? So um, I, I had a half a feeling I lost at the end of last year at some point and um, eating popcorn to boot. Um, oh, always. That's when it happens. It was yeah. one of those half that's pop so, kernels that my tooth yeah. caught. Yeah. It's so, that's so common. So um, I'm sorry. It wasn't Steve Toth. It was Daniel Lemus. Dan Lemus that has the cure to Oh, Dan Lemus. Um, so I was supposed to get redone and put a crown on it and whatever. And then I ended up getting COVID at the end of the year, missed that appointment. And then obviously got caught up in the great smoke and um, my tooth really started hurting really, really bad. And I put it off for a while. And then finally I just got tired of it one night. I couldn't take it. It was intolerable. And actually on the drive home, I called the emergency line um, and they said, come into the office tomorrow. We'll squeeze you in. So they got me in. And she claimed a little piece of the filling. She showed it to me on x-ray. It was there. A little piece of the filling had come out and um, it, it jammed itself in my gum. and was causing irritation. So she took it out, treated it a little bit, and said, thank you, sir. And said um, that I should be better and give me some antibiotics. I'd go home. Literally, three, four days later, it all starts coming back. And... Oh. and I call them again. So I go last Friday, which is like about a week later from my first appointment. And I tell them, I go there with the intent. I just want to pull it out at this point. You know, we got the great smoke coming up in two or three weeks. I don't got time. And you don't want to deal with that during that. Pull it out. I'll deal with it. You know, it's like right here. I'll deal with it later. So I go there and they're looking at Well, you know, we're not sure if that's the cause of the problem. We might pull this tooth out and, and um, you may still be in pain. Like, why the fuck am I here? So basically, they're telling me they can't determine <laughs> what the pain is. Now, mind you, this is February 5th. I'm in the doctor's office. It was uh, 4th. It was a week from yesterday. I'm in the doctor's office. So he said, look, we just got to do some exploratory work, look around in there, and then we'll be able to, on your next visit, fine. Do you know when they booked me my next visit? A month. February 17th. <sighs> So, so they want me to go. They want me to go two weeks in pain. While the you know, till they, so you come back and they can figure out. So that was Friday. Come Monday night, I'm driving home and I, I just can't tolerate it. It's just a throbbing, piercing pain on the whole side of my face. I call one of our patrons, good friend of ours, and Alex's, and um, I said, you know, and I, Dr. Lee, yeah, I, and I don't want to. He's a socialite. He's in the group, Dr. Lee. Right. I, I didn't want to mention his name because I didn't want to get all of a sudden eight thousand messages for teeth <laughs> problems. That's why. <laughs> um, but I don't like to impose on our patrons. You know, I really don't like to do it. You know, um, I figure our customers come here to get away from the world. They don't want to hear our problems, you know, but I just had nowhere else to go. I couldn't wait two weeks. I called them up. I told them the whole scenario and true story. Doc Lee, this is at eight o'clock at night while I'm driving home. Doc Lee says, I'll call you right back. He calls a fellow endodontist and he says, the guy's going to call you 8 o'clock in the morning. The guy calls me at 8 o'clock in the morning. 
and says, be in my office at 9.15. I go in there. They do they do a bunch of x-rays. They look at it. He goes, I can't fix everything now, but I can get you I can get you without pain. I can get, I can get the pain away. So literally, I had two teeth at the bottom here, one teeth at the top, a tooth at the top up here. And that's, I guess, why I was dropping all over. Opened them up, wow. cleaned them up. Oh, meanwhile, I forgot to say now, they sent me home Friday. And, you know, you can feel your, your gum line here. About right here, yeah. I had like a marble-sized growth in my gum line. Oh, geez. So they sent me home with this huge abscess tooth. And this dentist on Monday while he's drilling, uh, Tuesday morning, this, this past Tuesday, while he's drilling, says, you can't believe the amount of pus and stuff. I mean, it's this thing, it was gone in a day. But he goes, you can't believe, he goes, had this blown up in your mouth, you might have died. I don't know how they were going to let you go two weeks. And wow. literally, when the Novocaine wear off, I was a little sore from the work, like a little bit sore. No pain. I've had no pain huh. since. This guy saved my life as far as that stuff is concerned. I'm indebted to both Doc Lee and Doc Albert. And uh, they referred me to a new dentist. So obviously, I'm not going back to the old one. But moral of the lesson is, is your, not, is your not new dentist doctor. in our area? Because I'll take a referral. I hate my dentist. This guy's in Lake Work. It's not far from where we live. Right off okay, yeah. Park. And that's, yeah, we, I'll, that, I'll that's, get that's that from the, when we now, go So my there. endodontist is not a dentist. So the guy who solved my problem sent me to the dentist he goes to, which is in Lake Worth, right by where we live. Done. He goes, this guy's the Done. best. He works on me and my family. And um, I went and met him for the first time yesterday morning at 8 a.m. So I, my, I was dentist, one on, live my dentist, just my dentist, who I've been seeing now for four or five years, had to make me two weeks, make, wait two weeks, and two strangers I've never met saw me within the same week. Right. Wow. Right. So... It's like any trade. I, I, I watched your live broadcast and you were talking about how like, you know, one dentist could be $5,000. The next dentist could be like $800 and this and that. I, I, I've i gone through that since I've been here with a with a huge issue with a root canal that failed. And I went to like three different dentists. I mean, it, it, teeth work, tooth work is, is some of the most expensive stuff you can get. And I have pretty good dental insurance. It doesn't and cover insurance, Dental kind of insurance thing. is a joke. Yeah, It's a joke. Dental insurance I mean, is a joke. Joke. Listen to me, and it's worse when it's you get robbed and you get screwed. They don't solve the problem. Right. I had I had I had a new a couple new crowns put in here, not even maybe a year and a half ago. And he asked me, "These are new crowns. Who put these in?" And I, it was obviously my same dentist. He goes, "You know, if the crowns don't butt up and, and they're tight, if there's a gap, you know, no matter how much you floss and clean, you're never going to get it out. You, within a year or two, you're going to ruin those crowns." Because I don't know if I can see those. Those look like I mean, he doesn't want to deal with uh. them now because. You know, whoever did that didn't do it right because it's got to be like this. That's... And, you know, somebody said, well, why don't you go back and make him fix it? I go, she didn't do it right the first time. Why would I go back no, to that? Give him a second chance. Right? Yeah. That's that's with I have a dental implant and that's the problem. Like I could get a, if I eat a steak, I, I have a meal in 45 minutes between. And he said because he saw he saw his irritated because th that's a spot I'm always flossing. He goes, mm -hmm. you can't floss it out. It gets impacted. Even if you get the piece of food out, the bacteria is in your gum line. He goes, right, within it's a couple of years, you're losing that crown. Uh, so, but thank God, I'm, God. I'm well. I mean, I'm telling you, you want to know, that, that's just like living miserably when you have perpetual tooth pain. Tooth pain, tooth pain is some of the worst pain. Yeah. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, man, I mean, you know, well, first I started, what did they do in the old days? I mean, they, they had to take pliers. I mean, what did, can you imagine the old days when they had this they kind just of pulled them. Literally. And you I went was, to a barber. Barbers did dentist work. Oh. 
Yeah, but they gave you cocaine. It was, little, it was a little different back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what do animals do? It's have you ever had an animal with with tooth decay? It's not pretty. It's well, not I mean, fun. I mean, listen, as an owner with a dog, most of them get brushed and whatever. Like, what do animals in the wild do when they get tooth pain, man? Yeah, yeah. I brush my dog's teeth actually. Yeah, most people pamper their dogs. I'm talking about wild animals, man. What does a coyote do when his tooth starts decaying? You know, they die. Right, probably doesn't eat and dies. If you if you look back in history, this Alex is probably would would know more about this. But if you look back in history, a lot of people that died prematurely back back many 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 years ago, a lot of it started with some kind of tooth issue. So tooth decay or, or a toothache that eventually turned into some kind of um, bacteria that ended up right infection it. that just runs through you. You know who was even right. thinking back then things worked that way. Ugh, ugh. Not not. I, mean, I haven't been to the dentist in two years now, so now you're making me nervous because I know I have a little bit of pain somewhere. So now I know I'm going to have to deal with it. Ugh. Well, we're coming in now to the home stretch of the Great Smoke. All virtual packages went out. I, I tell you what, man. One, the great smoke brings out the worst in people. I, I, mean, I can't even share the customer service emails we get. But two is, <laughs> two is no one reads. No one reads. I mean, blatantly written everywhere. I can't tell you how many people emailed us that said, when am I getting my virtual packages? Like in December and January. And I'm wait, my favorite is the guy who actually sent me the statement, the invoice. Here's my order. When am I getting it? And right underneath where he ordered it says, your packages will be to start shipping the first week of February. On the picture he sends me asking me when he's going to get his order. You know, I've, come across a lot, have you, I've come across a lot of people that are coming live not realizing that they're not getting packages shipped to them. Yeah. Like, I had one guy says, Can you, are you shipping it to my hotel? I'm like, um, no. I think, <laughs> but I think that's a testament to Alex that I think we're having probably a record number of first-time attendees. New, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, the guys who have come over the last the years, they know the yeah. routine. Yeah. You know, they know what's going on. I think we have a record of a lot, a lot of first-time attendees from last year who don't really know, right? The they program never right. don't take the time to read anything. There's a there's a fax link on the Great Smoke website that basically explains kind of everything in detail. Because every time we get asked a question, I'm like, all right, we didn't think of answering that, we add it to the fax thing. So right. you know, it's 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 accumulated a lot of good answers to typical questions but nobody ever reads it that's that's been my, my saw, number one, that's been my number one response now in customer service emails i just send them the link i don't even say hello thank you for reaching out. here's a link send i saw someone post on socialite group yesterday uh are the are the tgs virtual packs still available and i just like immediately was like oh boy are you gonna freak out? I can't tell you how many posts you've made, how many comments you've Paul, made. Like, but see, the reality is, the reality is, ninety percent of posts like that, they already know the answer. Right? They're just. Yeah, that's called phishing. You know, I mean, some people are legitimately, but it's very hard to exist in our social group on Facebook and not have known virtual tickets have been sold out. So, I mean, a lot of times that's phishing. You know, and and, and you just deal with it. And here, here's the thing people, most people don't understand. And actually, we forgot for like two minutes while we were talking. We literally can't put up more virtual tickets. We didn't get all this. Alex had this argument. Alex had this argument. We, we, and what's funny but is- We were going uh, for a minute. And then we were like, wait, gosh, we'll put up more. What's funny is we'll have this discussion, and three days later, we'll have the same discussion. Yeah. 
right? Because we don't have all the cigars. Some of these manufacturers didn't they send us, us all the cigars. For virtual. Oh. They didn't have the they sent us just enough time. for virtual, and a lot of them are bringing them that day with them. So we can't. Okay. So we'll like, you know, we'll get, you know, let's and we'll start talking about. Yeah, well, we let's put up and we're we're debating over a number. Then we're like, wait, we don't have the cigars. We can't put up any. So uh, we can't literally cannot make more virtual packages. Yep. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure why you couldn't. I wasn't sure if it was a bandwidth well, I mean, issue listen, or Paul, something like that. First off, we spend tens of thousands of dollars on a, on a physical presence. So every virtual, you know, it's not an unlimited amount of packages. So every ticket right. we we dedicate to a virtual side is one less person who could come live. And it's going to sell out live. It did in 2020, and we're way past our numbers in 2020. You know, right? So we just deprive someone from coming live, which is a waste of an expense because we spend so much money on this production. So on the that's, actual event, that's yeah. been part of the problem. And you know, um, it was tough even getting the amount of packages we had this year because our actual initial request was for more. So um, because you know our initial, you know, we had to order swag a lot earlier. You know, so we actually ran swag pieces for more than what we had tickets were because it didn't come out till later that a lot of these manufacturers couldn't commit to a bigger number so right. um, we'll, we'll have actually a tent and stuff in the great smoke venue selling some of the extra swag so there's something somebody really hey. liked or they or they wanted you know they want a set of four of the tiki shot glasses they can go buy three more or whatever but yeah really this was a very hard logistical year and you know, most of the people who've been involved in the Great Smoke and know the history and have followed it, and especially last year, they're all very compassionate and, and very understanding. It's the hard people who, like, this is their first time interacting with us, you know, and they have no sympathy and they don't care. And those are the toughest, you know, people to try to make happy. Oh, yeah. Two more weeks and it'll be over. I was just gonna say it's almost it's almost there. And then what do you? How long do you take till you start planning the next one? Do you take like we a month? Did. Off? We started. No, we already did. <laughs> Mardi Gras we're, madness. We already have the new logo for Mardi Gras madness, and we're already talking about some stuff. You, you have to, because a lot of the swag I got to start working on in March, like like right after this great smoke and getting it ordered. Oh, Mardi done. Gras. That's a great theme too. Mardi Gras like madness. And, and what's I nice love is Mardi Gras color the warehouse. Too having the warehouse now we can get that shit as early as possible and not have to sweat you know if it's got to sit up there for six months we have it it's there you know it's not sitting in your it's not sitting at your desk in the back of the shop yeah i mean we don't have to sweat <laughs> you know when's a good time to drop this stuff off so we can pack and then hope that it gets there on time which it never does and let me tell you something have either of you been to mardi gras no no me neither no, my, my wife brother has. went my brother went but no no didn't do i i didn't in in the course of my life i didn't do a mardi gras and i didn't do a spring break you never did a spring break <sighs> like oh well you mean you mean like a spring break like like a destination spring break yeah where like everybody in your college campus goes to a town yeah i never yeah. did a spring yeah. break either i don't think i did that either i went yeah. away with a couple of buddies but not like like where everybody was going i was there. never into that mass crowd party thing i don't yeah. like Bumping and people, I that's never been my shtick. Police always get shoulder guy. Well, don't go to Disney right now. I, it's one of the reasons I don't like those kind of places, too. You, know? you got to know when to go. You got to know when to go. You got to know when but to anyway. hold them. I hear there's a lot of drama. No one's holding. I hear there's a lot of drama going on. 
shareholders How are so? looking to out the the president. I, I saw because no, it's a it, shit show there's there. a there's a group there's a it's not and there's a there's, there's a, a there's so like so, Bob Chappick. So so here's what's going on. So you remember the whole GameStop and AMC craze? So apparently there are people who who are trying to push to buy Disney stock to get enough percentage of a vote to be able to try and push the shareholder out. There were the president. Well, push the president out. The president president. of parks. Yeah. Because they say it sucks. Do you like the current president oh, of the park no, Are you part of this? It's not, he's not the park president. I'm sorry. He is the CEO of the company. Uh, are you part of the I think that ball? people – no, but I've owned, I've owned Disney stock for years. But I'll tell you what. The, the you, problem with the parks now is that the parks for a long time up until the last two years was the, was the most profitable portion of their company. Right, even the parks that they don't own fully outside of the U.S. because they don't own the parks fully, they don't necessarily operate the parks outside the U.S. Um, they were the most profitable portion, and they substantially took that profit and put it towards the parks for for improvements. But in the last two or three years, they have slowed down on certain types of improvements to the park. So. They add, they're adding rides to a lot of the parks for the 50th anniversary and redoing Epcot, but they're not like worrying about like as much of the, uh, the keeping up appearances. So like, you know, keeping the paint exactly pristine, you know, they, like they, they used to paint areas in, in Walt Disney world once a month just to keep it looking nice because of all these filthy people coming and touching a wall and stuff like Look that. Look how agitated so Paul got when things. he talked about the filthy people. Did you sense that? The filthy people coming there. Did you, did you sense that? I, that was a I personal. Said to, that was emotional. Yeah, yeah, that was very personal. I, I said to someone the other day, what they have to do is they have to make it more expensive so everybody can't go, but then they'll price me out of it. So then I can't go either. So I'll get screwed. But it would be nice if there were less people there. That's funny. And you have to pay I'm for fast pass now there. or something, right? You didn't used to have to pay for fast Yeah, pass. but we did Yeah, but it's that's okay. That's an okay system. I mean, it's it's not it's not the crap show that they that they say it is. But there's Alex, this whole thing is like a group of like let's say 100 or 200 people that weren't shareholders that are now buying stock. Listen, a group of 100 to, 200 people shot GameStop up to a $400 stock. So, you know, that's crazy true. shit happens. That's true. Charlie Creekmore, being a host of a mega event, being around a lot of people is different than going places. My attention span has no idea who's around me at any given moment. (laughs) Uh, Well, we have. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be interesting, man. It really, really is this year. I mean, honestly, the the, the virtual live aspect of it, um, I'm not going to lie, it might have been a little bit more than maybe even should have tried to attempt or we ah, you'll or, be fine it no it, no it's gonna be it's gonna we there's been a lot of um adjustments and what yeah alex sits listen to me alex is back there watching my operations guy play guitar during the day he walks no. around he's sitting here wondering what he's gonna have for dinner he doesn't stress nothing because yeah he doesn't deal with the stress but right. trust me right it, it was no, way more Listen, had to renegotiate. he's so extreme. He doesn't he's even know so, what's involved in the virtual he's stuff. He's so extreme, and it's like comedy. No, he gets – Listen, this, this great smoke has bad listen, juju. I'm it's telling this you. It's this attitude of why he's been successful for 16 no, years. Listen, not that attitude, I promise no, you. wrong. No, not, wrong. Not this attitude right wrong. here, I promise you. I'm not, hey, I'm do not, you guys – 
No. Do you guys Wrong. have that Brady Bunch uh, totem pole necklace We're gonna thing? We're going to get it done. That, what? There's, there's you you know, it's funny because I mentioned that. I mentioned that the other day because I almost feel like this year have been like juju, like one crap shit after another. Like we just found out like a week ago now that we can't use the kitchen that they said we could use, which would have been perfect. So I still we were don't actually on site Friday looking for – wait, you should, see, you should see the building they want him to use. It was like freaking like a block away. I'm like, how are they going to bring food from here? Are you nuts? He's like, oh, it's not that far. And then we go on site. They don't have golf carts? Bro, you're not golf carting – for trays, thousands three of trays, people. Trays, right. Yeah. So now we had to find a, an area outside the building where we actually now got to build a kitchen. I mean, and this yeah, was just like I, last I last just still don't get it. I don't understand. Oh. The little people left, and now we can't use the kitchen. I just don't understand. They have a catering job. Supposedly. Who knows? I See, the, the kitchen actually belongs. You know, kitchen, there's a company, that the commissary, whatever it is. There's a company that handles the food and beverage. It's not really them of course right so i think they need their permission because it's technically their kitchen and early on alex says no problem i'll arrange it you know um because they're removing us and i think you know there's a very good chance it just said fuck no we don't want other people in our kitchen like like i told chef richard um from culinary flair who's catered every great smoke i said on event day because the kitchen's right there if we don't see people churning away catering food in the kitchen then we know what happened the commissary people just wow. said nope you're not using our kitchen but imagine yeah, they, this they probably have the imagine licensing this. agreement they too. told us to change the venue back in december and now they're telling us middle of february no but this has like been like nuts because they didn't know about it yeah Ugh. we'll get it done anyways we got a great guest in the wings not the first time on we kma do. Um, but it's going to be the first time since this company's really been out and flourishing. Uh, so let's head into our Meet Your Maker segment. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. There he Mickey. is. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's happening? So, how's the weather there, Mick? For having me on two weeks in a row, this has been a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a ball buster! It, it starts off right away. The news is not to take away this upcoming uh, next couple of weeks is the Mardi Gras theme for next year. All Saints ears are tickling, so uh, <laughs> perfect, perfect timing for Mickey Peg. Oh, my nice. face will be falling so far. If you guys ask for the next year, you don't want, won't even believe it. <laughs> Listen, start, start saving up a sponsorship. I've already been concocting in my head how I could build a, a pseudo balcony for guys to throw beads off of. Maybe that could be the All Saints. Oh balcony. man, yeah, it's uh, gonna be. The, Listen, I've, I've lasted twenty two years of marriage, and I want to keep it that way. I can't throw any beads. <laughs> the Mardi Gras, and I've been on spring breaks. So. That's funny. Yeah. So welcome to KMA, Mick. Uh, it's great to be on. You know, you guys were the first show when I first. I think when I came in, I only had the, um, I had just gotten back from the factory. I just had just our bands. We were waiting for our shipment to come in, our first container. You had, you had cigars with like uh, paper bands on them. Right. And you were upset. You didn't want to, yeah, you didn't want to give them to us. Now they got nice bands. There you go. Thank the you. bands are gorgeous on yes, his cigars. Very, yeah. very nice. Thank Abe, uh, something just occurred to me with this whole Mardi Gras thing. Uh, nice. If we do a virtual show, 
we might run into some real problems. I mean, between booze, beads, and a live feed on Facebook and YouTube, uh, there's a 50-50 shot of getting canned at some points because somebody's trying to earn some beads. Listen, I'm already concerned about Facebook this year with the, with the um, virtual side of it because there's going to be a lot of background music from this stage. Well, you know, I mean, there's so that many could be hit or miss. I feel like tits and we're done. Tits and we're going off the air. <laughs> I don't know. It hasn't stopped some people. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Some of these Instagrams. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> the virtual component had to change about four times this year. And if if it does come back next year, which I'm not even going to commit to right now that we're going to have a virtual component next year, it, <laughs> it, it, it's got to be in a, in a different format. We have to figure it out because uh, it was really uh, problematic in, in logistics this year. You know, literally four times I think we had to revamp how it's going to be done. So we ended up refunding everybody. Anybody who bought a ticket to one of the in studio screenings, you should have gotten your refunds by now. I think Alex did them last week. So yeah, we had to change that. No, it's just been a must. But anyways, this is about Mick. Last Absolutely. time you were here, Mick, you you were just starting. Um, yeah. that was in what twenty yeah. nineteen? Yeah. So no, our, our um officially, I said I was going to do this full time after working on it since two thousand seventeen, November first, All Saints Day, nineteen. I think I was on your show. Uh, February or March? I can't remember, but um. We had just our first container of regular production came in in February of uh, 2020. So that was really interesting to officially launch a company during that during that era. What, um, I'm, what I'm curious about, because, you know, there, there most likely is a lot of people who don't know. You have a long vestiture in this industry before this, right? You were with General Cigar and then vice president of CAO for many, many years. And you, you, know, you left for a long, long stint. Being involved with companies of that magnitude, right, and yeah. now starting your own brand as a real like boutique small guy, what right. are the what are the extremities and things that you're experiencing that you didn't like didn't you didn't even fathom coming from your background? Yeah, so I wasn't at, actually my condor was at General. Um, oh, sorry about I, that. Yeah, no, no worries. He was at Davidoff, I, right? Yeah, I started at Georgetown that, Tobacco in Washington right. D.C., and then Davidoff. I'm going go from a broker to a direct sales force. And then uh, uh, ended up as VP of sales at uh, CAO. Um, you know, I think I talked about it on another show. One of the biggest things I learned about is the difference between Davidoff and CAO is Davidoff brought a champagne product with a champagne budget. They had that budget, right? CAO mm-hmm. never, everybody was always paid on time. It was just, it was, uh, we delivered a champagne, what I felt was a champagne product. Uh, on a beer budget and um, and you know it was and we there was a lot of innovation spearheaded by Tim Osner obviously at that time so uh, the biggest difference was hey let's let's make sure that we build this company correctly uh, and not overspend you know on, on a lot of different things like I'm wearing a hat that we got 24 of them it's a pilot hat we're gonna maybe make more so we're spending our time on, on me on my travel, the brokerage, you know, some of the brokers that we're, we're getting out there and obviously our tobacco and delivering a quality product and stay within that $10 range. You know, it's like, you know, we originally said that we were going to raise our prices this year. We decided not to do that. Um, it was actually more came from Frank Leo than me. Um, it was the fact that, 
hey, instead of doing all this other advertising, buying all these other things, let's, you know, we're not on the shelves. There's a perception we're on a ton of shelves places right now. You know, we're in about 200 uh, locations, and which is equates to about 170 accounts. We have a lot of runway to cover, and a lot of people haven't uh, had the chance to experience us or hear the story. So why, you know, why raise the prices? You know, we're, we determined that we, we knew it was going to be some time before we were able to have some, you know, uh, exterior uh, profit in, in the company. You know, let's put the money, let's keep putting the money back into the company as we build it. So I, I guess the biggest lessons, I will tell you, right after I was on your show, I was high as a kite, uh, couldn't ready, was giddy with anticipation to get out there. We were going to do a big press release on March 17th, St. Patty's Day, one of our favorite saints in our company. Um, and it was, I had, I had a little bit of penetration, about 30 to 40 accounts between like Jersey down in Northern Virginia, which was kind of like my old sales territory before I was a VP of sales. And what I did is I literally loaded up my car full of product and delivered cigars to my friends and people that were reaching out to me that wanted to buy the product. And what I would do is I'd run the credit card to the closest retailer that was supporting me. And these retailers are like, Mickey, you're delivering product. And then you're going to, you're giving me the credit card. And then you're going to invoice me later. I'm like, it's the only thing we can do to stay active until, and finally after about two months, I said, we got to go. I got to get on the road and go. And I did. And I came down, I visited you guys a couple times. And, you know, one of the funny things is there was no COVID in the Carolinas or Florida. <laughs> so <laughs> the only place there was COVID was in the hotels. You know, that was the, right, right. you know, when you, those were kind of creepy. I'm, you know, red round. I'm ready for the kid to come around the corner. It was the friend, you know. So, but, you know, here we are right now. And we're just, uh, a lot of great things are happening right now. And coming on board with, uh, the, the smoke inside is exciting for us. You know, Abe, uh, Alex, Matt, and I laid out a, a nice, I think, 18-month plan to, to make sure that we do it effectively. And, and you know, we we love the support that we get. You know, the most important person in this whole process is the consumer. But we have to respect the, uh, the conduit of what we get there. And to be able to partner with the right people, we got to bring to the table what we promise that's behind the brand. Because there's a lot of great cigars out there, as you know. And you guys hear them smoke them, see them all the time. So it's good. It's, it's fortunate in a sense, the 20 years I had in the business uh, before I was out for a little bit and being quietly back since 2017, formally back since the end of 19, uh, has been just tremendous. Um, you know, just, you know, just a lot. And we're, we're very excited about that. And so we're getting feedback. We're listening to people and we're doing some different things with our packaging too. That's, not super like sexy, innovative Lamborghini, but I think it's more taking a little bit more of a functional approach to be retail friendly and event friendly. So, have you hit what the kind point of pressure, yet? Mickey? I'll oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Paul. Go ahead, Paul. What, what kind of pressure after working for companies like Davidoff and CAO? Like, I mean, CAO, we all know, I, I mean, before they got bought up, with that's such a cult following. Like, people, people are. Are, are like steadfast, strong-hearted into those cigars, and and they they love those those brands. And there's, what kind of pressure is it for you coming from companies like that, coming out with your own brand and 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 smoking blends and trying to find out like Dedication was your first cigar, right. right? Yeah. So like, when you put out that first cigar, what what kind of pressure is that on you? I mean, you have a partner, 
in right. the business, correct? Yeah. So what kind of pressure yeah. is that Break like on. on you guys? Ah, it's a tremendous amount of pressure. I mean, to take on anything, and you know, my whole feeling of anything that I've ever done is just get your just get your feet wet. Go. Don't sit there. You know, analysis process plan. You're going to make mistakes. Be transparent. Communicate. People want to grow with you, and they will help you. You know, you get sometimes you get a lot of look. You're sitting in a lounge, and people have had a couple drinks that you should have. Why don't you? You get those, and you but you have to absorb those because there could be a time and a place to you know implement those things. So from a pressure standpoint, yeah, I mean for me, uh, you know, a lot of people don't don't know, but part of the time I was out of the business, I sold four hundred one ks with mutual funds inside four hundred one ks to to businesses, and that was a tremendous amount of pressure too. So it's um, you, you, you just got to do it. You can sit around and think about doing it, uh, but you, you got to plan. You know, we are we are definitely hungry. We're extremely hungry, but we also are patient. We want I, we want to make sure we grow in the right direction. So, from that standpoint, like for me, you know, I have my daughter's a little bit older now, so my uh, oldest is now a freshman at Catholic University, and then I have a freshman and senior at Notre Dame Academy here. You know, right outside of uh, Philadelphia. Um, How appropriate that has stood by me for 22 years with all the escapades that I put through. Yeah. So the, the, it's the pressure just not on us. It, it, you know, it, it's what we're doing and providing for our families as well. And for the people that we're that we partner with, you know, to deliver something because there there's an income value that happens to that to anybody that's involved with any kind of transaction. Right. You know, back in the days when you worked for San Cristobal. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> um, a name that we couldn't take because Ashton owned it. <laughs> San Miguel, another one. Wani owns that one, Gurkha. So. No, I had a question now. Now it left, now oh, it left I'm my sorry, mind. Abe. No, I'm sorry. You got to take time to bust my balls. Oh, classic. You have to be nice to Paul. Listen, to the best part is he didn't spell nothing in that thing right. Especially Alan Rubin got upset. And then he was all offended he spelled, he spelled Alan Rubin's name wrong. I said... Are you more offended that he spelled your name wrong or that he thought you worked at San Cristobal? <laughs> I think I'd be more offended by the latter. I can't wait to sell as many cigars as that, that line alone sells. Well, yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> right. Is is that your goal, Mick? I, I mean, I, I mean, it, see, some guys get in this business at your level now. They like, like, like for instance, skip, I mean, they're, they're just going to be boutique minded. They're, they're, they're going to build it to this X point and that's where they're going to stay or whatever. Or are you looking at this just to grow and let it go where it's going to go? Yeah. So, you know, you look at it. So, you know, from a growth standpoint, yeah, we definitely want to grow. Absolutely. And, but also we have to grow in an efficient manner. It's not like I'm 30 years old. Uh, you know, you, you, if you look at Jonathan drew, you know, they had some ups and downs to get to that, that, that size. Right. So, Sometimes you don't want to outgrow where you're selling more product and you still think your profit margins are there, but you're, you're behind, like right. you're, you're making less by selling more. So um, that's also, a true that's equation. A that's a true equation. A lot of the early guys who get in this business don't realize is a real equation. Right. You, you do without a doubt hit a point where you're selling more, but making less. Correct. Because to fuel that future demand needs requires more investment. Well, for you know? me, you know, it was I've seen it so many times in different businesses and different models, and I've seen it in our industry. because uh, even though when I was out for a little bit, I was still following, 
you know, and then I, I was very fortunate because of Jono and then Lincoln Financial, I ended up paying for the rest of my master's at the University of Pennsylvania. You got to talk to these professors and you read these case studies and that's what it is. So we got to look at that. You know, I talk, Frank and I talk about that all the time. Frank is more the numbers guy. Um, you know, he brings a lot, to, a tremendous amount to the table, but Frank Leo, uh, you know, he's done this stuff before in his other projects in his past. So we want to make sure that we're growth, but also before we pay ourselves, because ultimately we do want to be paid, right? Is that we want to make sure that we're putting money, the right amount of money and the right money back into the company to, to grow efficiently. You know, it's like you talk about the great smoke. If you guys probably make a nickel off of that, you're probably, you're probably ecstatic, you know? Right. Right. But, people, you know, don't real, people don't realize. People don't realize what you do to put out there and the margins that you work off. You know, everybody says, well, you got that margin. But what you're not thinking about, there's a, somebody's getting a sliver of everything. It's like I had a buddy played left tackle for the Titans when I lived out there. And he signed a big contract. And he goes, listen, it's still a lot of money. But do you know how much I get? Well, my percentage is by the agent. This gets involved. That gets involved. The state tax. They have to before I asked him one time, I go because they have to pay taxes in every state that they play in. Right. And I go, do you have a good account for that? Just out of curiosity, he goes, yeah, he does baseball. If he does MLB, he can do the NFL. So, um, Absolutely. But so, yeah, we think about that. But also, we don't want to get in the way of <clears throat> doing what we want to bring to the table, because if you bring a half-assed product out there, that's, that, that's, just, that's just as bad. So. Have you hit the point? Listen. A lot of people leave this industry and come back. Very few people get out like Timmy did. Like Timmy yeah. got out and disappeared. I, well, you know, everybody thought the same about me too. <laughs> well, I mean, as I'm saying, you still have You actually got out past the point that I consider okay. That guy's not coming back, right? So, you know, I got two questions for you. One is, did you always feel like you were coming back, and it was just a matter of time? And the yeah. second part of the question is, have you hit that point yet, or has that moment happened where you said, "What have I done"? <laughs> I was out. The, the, the I was out. What had I done? So the first question, yes, you know, it's funny when I sold mutual funds because they're very similar. There's a wrapper, there's a binder, there's a filler in that too. You know, the fillers all the different stocks. The binder is usually Apple stock, and then the wrapper is usually you know whatever you know whatever profile you know that mutual fund that you're putting into that 401k. Um, I talked more about cigars. You know, I gravitated to FAs and financial advisors that would resell my product uh, that smoked cigars. And I, you know, I would walk them through the similarities. And now I'm going around, you know, all those shop owners want to know about mutual funds. So it's pretty funny. But I always knew because I was still touching the industry, doing things. It was such a part of me. Um, I think I talked about it before. Uh, you know, that when, you know, I departed, it was very depressing for me. And then, you know, moved the family back to the Philadelphia area. Uh, to get restarted. So, yeah. So uh, to ask, what have I done about three thirty, four o'clock every morning when I get up to take the old man piss? Yeah, it hits me. <laughs> um, it hits me. So, uh, but you know, the thing is, I think I've always been, had an optimistic approach on everything I've ever done. And it's just knowing that every, every Monday you wake up and you know, it's a new week. The beauty of our industry is we can work seven days a week. The pain in the ass of the industry a little bit is you can work seven days a week, and it's managing that time and correctly. But when you're building a brand, that gives you a little bit of that luxury. But every day is a new day. Like I, I've gotten into places where I thought it was going to take a long time to get into, and I, there's some places I still haven't gotten into that I'm 
quite frankly shocked that I'm not in there yet. So, um, you know, yeah. So yeah, three thirty in the morning, pretty much, and that's when I freak out and try to catch up on social media and stuff. He's like texted that. me at two in the morning. Who I have? <laughs> yes, we've had we had late you're, night texts. You're up. It ain't like you ain't up at two. No, no, I know. I'm yeah, saying exactly. he's not, he's yeah, but that's usually bourbon induced from me. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, is it true that when you were uh, selling the financial products that you went a year without smoking a cigar? My first year out of the industry, yeah. So what happened was... Was that an emotional reason or... Oh, yeah, it was very emotional. Um, yeah, what happened was... And, you know, my, my partner gets pissed when I talk to consumers about this because retailers get it more. They understand. And anybody knows business, what happens. But uh, after year one, I was the first to go. One year later, everybody else was gone, except for a couple of right. sales reps that I had hired over that year. So because they were talking about keeping it as a separate entity because it was Scandinavian tobacco. And then they said right after I was let go, that they were going to move it to Richmond and roll it into general. And that's when it became a part of generals. And then right after that, that's when Ricky grabbed the reins and started working on the blending and the marketing and all that stuff. So let me ask you a typical question. I mean, you, you can be honest. I mean, I don't know how honest it will be, but you know, when, when something like that happens within a company, yeah. um, obviously the owners are all right with it. They've made out, they're out, they're done. Yeah. And then you have the remnants of the staff behind. Yeah. How, happy with the situation or how content or optimistic were the people that were left behind after the acquisition? You know, there wasn't a lot of conversations with a lot of people. There was only one guy uh, that was in the operation. I think nobody can stand. Uh, was one of my hires. Um, and, but other than that, you know, I can't speak for how everybody else for us, it was an emotional thing. Um, Cause I'd never, Matter of fact, when we moved to Nashville, the move the family to Nashville for this, we never thought we were moving back. When my daughter, Molly, was born in Nashville, she was born on November 2nd, we would traditionally come back for Christmas. I said, call your parents and tell them we're not coming home for Christmas this year. We're coming home for Thanksgiving because I want Molly uh, to be baptized in the same church that her sisters were. So she had some kind of filling in her. And, you know, if we ever stayed in Nashville the whole time. We wanted her to have something... And also the same with her sisters. And it was the same priest, Father Stack, who married me, baptized my children, good friends with my father-in-law, married a lot of people in the family, baptized. So we wanted that to happen. So, yeah, from an emotional standpoint, it was, um, yeah, it was a little tough. For a lot of the other people I've ran into them, you know, a lot of the good sales reps got places. They got placed very quickly. Um, so obviously the Osgoner family was very happy. We know Mike uh, and we know Mike and John left, right? And I, and I think they had you know they had an exit plan of what they were going to do. Um, so there was always ball of motion. I think I was probably the one, and I don't want to sound selfish because there's a lot of other great people there that I haven't really spoken to in a lot of years. Uh, that was like, okay, now so you know, so what now? What like I used to say last year, you know, you had a bad day. So what now? What? What are you going to do to make it better? So it was what we're going to do and, you know, basically packed up the family and moved back. I said, we're going to move back to where I know people. And I was able to get a job at Lincoln Financial. I went on a desk for about a year with a bunch of late 20-somethings to mid-30-somethings, uh, finishing up my master's at Penn, getting all my licenses. And a year to the day, I was out in the field wholesaling, which increased my income by, by 100%, tenfold. So 
If an internal makes a dollar, an external makes a hundred dollars. If that makes, or if an internal makes ten dollars, an external makes a hundred dollars. That's you know they always keep you in the in that matrix. So, um, so yeah, but that yeah that first year was pretty emotional. I call it the black dog, like Churchill. You know, it was that black dog was sitting on my lap. It was uh, it was very emotional. What was but the first cigar think- you had when you went back? Oh. Uh, the first cigar I had when I went back was a uh, was a it was a Fuente. What was it? It was a Fuente. What Fuente was it? It was um, Don Carlos. It's Don Carlos. And then I had to dab it off. And then I was smoking my own stash. So I still I still probably have a couple thousand cigars left over from the old days. And sometimes when I see <laughs> old weeks, I give them out. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well, I my bourbon collection was through the roof because nobody was drinking bourbon. And I was one of the only guys going around the country pairing bourbons with cigars. And I literally had like five bottles of Pappy. You name it, I had it. Because we would wow. get it for free in horse trading, right? And uh, I go, it's cheaper to drink this pappy than it is to go out and buy a bottle of Jim Beam, you know. So it was, uh, I, w- I went through a, my bourbon collection, you know, over those years though too. And I can't, what, as I'm coming back in and doing my research, I couldn't believe this explosion with all my friends in the liquor industry. This explosion of a bourbon. And I'm like, wow, I could have sold those bottles of pappy when things were a little thinner, you know. When we were <laughs> <running> the <transition>. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about your cigars before we go to the break at the top yeah. of the hour. You, you have two lines, basically, St. Francis and Dedication. And right. they come in two variant wrappers. And why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your lines? Yeah, so the Dedication, which you guys are smoking right now, was original blend that we came to market with. And that has a San Andres wrapper. That original blend was a blend that I tried to get done at the old hat. And it actually had a Sumatra wrapper on it. So we went with a San Andreas wrapper, worked with, obviously, with Amica, because all our stuff right now is exclusively made in the Tabacusa factory in Esteli, in Rocky Patel's factory. Um, So his boutique factory. So I work with Amica, and I I work with Herber, uh, his cousin. Uh, I actually work with Herber a little bit more. Um, And again, so it's got some jalapa in there, so you'll get that tobacco sweet. And then the next line that we came out with was called the St. Francis. And that's the one that won, you know, with Dojo and Cigar Authority and Ash Quarterly and got the Ricky Bobby Awards with a couple people. I think it was 22. It was in Coop's Top 25. Um, I'm glad I made the Top 25 and not the Top 30 with Coop. <laughs> um, so, and then we did some variants on that, too. So that's what we were fictionally called the Colorado and the Habano. So you could say the formal name is because it's all over the band, St. Francis, Colorado. Always wanted to do a Colorado wrapper with a Nicaragua kind of construction under it. That blend is very similar to the St. Francis blend, but the architecture and the percentages that we put in there are a little bit different. So that's why from a strength profile, I would say our St. Francis is like a 6.5 on a strength. And I would say the Colorado is a 4.5. Okay. And you, if you smoke them, I, I encourage people to smoke them together. We're just not slapping another wrapper on there or anything like that. Smoke them together, rail smoke them. <clears throat> so the dedication, um, what I did is I is that blend is the Habano blend is very similar to the dedication, dedication, 
percentages are different. And um, uh, the obviously different wrapper. We put a Habana wrapper on it. So the dominant tobacco or the tobacco I like to talk about, the dedication in the Habano is Jalapa. Well, obviously different wrapper, Sonic Drake's wrapper, Habano wrapper, Ecuador. And then in the uh, St. Francis in the Colorado has Condega. So you should get to that little bit of that salt forward in there. And then obviously the two different wrappers, the Oscuro, uh, and then the Habano. So. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. I need some photography. So one of the, you know, I think common things that I see that a lot of newer companies struggle with, right, is they get caught up in this game of making new brands and they never really take the time and, and the, the, the effort it takes to really build up a brand or their current brand. Right. Are, 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 do you see new lines in, are you working on new lines coming out or will you be? Yeah. Um, definitely working on new lines, but nothing new. like, so the other thing that anybody else is going to see new this year, you know, it took us two years to get these four lines. <clears throat> and it was four lines that we decided on in the beginning and we knew that was going to be a handful. So, um, no, you're going to see some Vitola extensions. Um, that's about it. The I'm working on like I'm going down. I'm working on a 2023 project right now. Uh, there's a couple other smaller things that I'm working on, but nothing. We have to be, you know. You asked me like where we want to be. I and I kind of joke. I said we're a legacy brand. We're just not on all the legacy shops yet, you know. So we want to make sure we got to get those to, to market. So one of the differentiators we did, so you have the dedication that came to market and that's a 10 by, that's a, that's a 20 count box, 10 cigars over 10 cigars. Right. So then the St. Francis comes out and that's a 20 count cabinet style. So what five over four, right? So what we did is with the Colorado and the Habano line is we did 12 count boxes in a cabinet style box, four over three. So I'm getting a footprint when you bring the whole line in there and we're getting that we're getting the shelf space. And I think that's, what's important to us. And that's what I, I don't, I see people doing 10 counts and 12 count boxes, but they're usually all horizontal. <clears throat> you put a couple of our boxes together with the way those vistas look and they open up, we're still going to get our market share. We're going to get our image that we're looking at. So that's important for us. And we have a lot to talk about with those. And so, that gives us enough to, you know, to capture shelf space. And so uh, have a special project for 2023. And I haven't really, it's the worst, it's the worst kept secret is, you know, we're working on a Solamente, that small run that we did. We had a tremendous amount on it. We were looking at doing like 10,000 cigars, 500 boxes for 2023, maybe amp up the packaging a little bit. Yeah. That uh, this, was, this was released already once. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was, it was actually, it was a project I worked on in 2017 and then I couldn't get down to the factories in 18 because of the political climate got down in 19 and then Mika kept going, Miki, Mika. well, actually they call me Miguel Alto, no Miguelito, because I'm tall, Miguel, Miguel Alto, Miguel, you know, Solamente, we only, Quince Mio, Quince, what are we going to do with them? I go, bring those out, fuck, I forgot about those, smoked it, I go, yeah, let's package them up, let's get them out, because it was, I was supposed to get those in September of 19 because the scars were done. We just had to get them packaged. I didn't get them until like the middle of December of, of 19. So it was really hard for me to get some of that 
market penetration because I was going to use that to go around and talk to my old friends, especially in my backyard, and say, hey, I'm back in action. Let me come in. Let me earn a right to sell these and get these out the door. Let me do events, and I can get people there from my old friends. So, and, and then obviously got a tremendous response on that, and we're out of them. Um, and so we're working on it for 2023. But other than that, no. I think there's a lot to do with getting up to speed and being able to support the brands that we have, the four lines that we have. Uh, and, you know, in getting those going and rolling, you know, let's, uh, let basic blocking, blocking and tackling, you know, let's get back to the basics here. Um, there's, I guess there's always room for the, the one-offs and the special things because we're obviously we're doing it, but on a very small scale, that's a hard, sustainable thing. Why don't we put our efforts into the children that we already have in our family and make sure they grow well? You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, you got to look at your lines as, as children, you know, that they, they really are. So. You got to pay attention to them. It's not like Rockefeller said, you know, you have six children because four of them are going to let you down. You know, but <laughs> listen, that's what Mencia said on stage. He goes, "Our parents had thirteen kids because they hoped one of them would make it, just out of odds." Right, right. You know, one <laughs> one, one thing I got to tell you, Mick. I I remember this cigar. You you actually gave me one of these um, last year during the Great Smoke. I when me, you, and 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 Herklotz were just sitting around talking shit, and. Right. Uh, Honestly, this is one of the most approachable Maduros that I've ever smoked. I mean, there's no bite. There, there's, there's very little kick, full of flavor. It's not going to knock. It's ten o'clock in the morning. I had a fruit bar. I'm right. not ready to fall over. I mean, it, it is. It's just a good cigar. It's not going to kick your ass. It's not going to give you too much bite. It's just really well done, flavorful and balanced. You know, it's funny because Half Wheel, when that first came out, we got ranked really early with them, and they gave that thing a 91. And, uh, uh, so Cigar Prop, Kevin does a thing, gets on his show for like a whole week. He ate breakfast on show with his monster drink smoking my dedication. So it was, yeah, we wanted that. We wanted, you know, I wanted, I'm a medium, you know, and strength-wise, I'm more medium. I can smoke everything. Um, I would say Frank, my partner, is more full. What it's funny is every time I go down and like Hamlet had to go set up, you know, the, the conversations for me to go down and work on the, some of the stuff I'm working on. And Amika always goes, you know, I always want Jalapa on the table when we're working with the blends. He goes, Miki, Miki, Mikelato, there's other tobaccos besides Jalapa. And I, you know, I have laugh, but I just, I just love the Jalapa. And I think that's a very, you know, gives it a very approachable and you can take it on both spectrums. But it's like funny. I talk about my wife all the time. She, when we're doing color schemes, she goes, "You know, there's other colors besides red and blue." <laughs> and I go, "What? Green? Forest green? Khaki? Gold?" You know. Well, Mick, we're gonna take a short little break uh, yeah. in honor of having Mick on our show this week. There's a 15% off code for All Saint cigars. I posted in the comments down there, and a link directly. I don't think you posted the code, Abe. Take a look again, bro. I posted the code with the link. Okay, there she is. Again, afterward. Code is All Saints. All Saints. That says all paints. All paints. All taints. All states. All, all Saints fine gagars. Right? I don't need All Saints. I don't need any insurance. I'm like, I'm not selling insurance. It's All Saints, <laughs> not All Saints. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, and, and, and that's good for this weekend only. And the link I put there takes you to a page where you can see all four of the, the lines and then see what you want to try out. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up in hour two. We're going to have Name That Jam with Mickey Pegg. It's a week one, I'm telling you now. We haven't had time. Um, and some news on uh, 
uh, KMA post TGS. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Keep it lit. We have news. Surgeon General warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. With Athedis rich in profound history, it only makes sense to showcase one of their popular cigars after Mr. Henry Clay. Receiving a top 10 spot in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars, the Henry Clay Warhawk has top-notch construction while boasting with complex flavors. Cloaked in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper with a Connecticut broadleaf binder and a Nicaraguan Criollo fillers, this medium to full-body smoke has flavor notes of toasted almonds, earth, and a peppery finish that pairs nicely with a lemonade. It is available in three sizes, Corona, Robusto, and Toro. If you're looking for a cigar that has an abundance of flavor and history, then this 95-rated Henry Clay Warhawk is the cigar for you. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Oh, it's just you. Who doesn't love a, a shower sip of a good glass of wine and our friends over at kmawines.com they have some great wines from bonner private wines like this sunal from the winery that's up 8950 feet in the air one of the third largest vineyards in the entire world you know we work so hard you gotta relax you gotta enjoy the finer things in life a great cigar a really really great wine to pair it with and exactly what I'm doing here. So check out KMAWines.com. You get a discount because we know each other. We're buds. We're pals. You get a discount on shipping. You get a discount on products. KMAWines.com and tell them that Paul and Abe sent you. Uh, I'm going to be late back to the show while I finish this and finish the shower. So see you at KMAWines.com. Steve here, smoking cigars. It's that time of year again, the great smoke. For over a decade and a half, we've been hosting one of the country's biggest cigar bashes where aficionados from all over the world would trek to South Florida for a four-day extravaganza. In 2019, we themed our event for the first time, 70s Disco, Can You Dig It? And it was one of the biggest events we ever had. And we look forward to the very next one. Unfortunately, the world was hit by a pandemic and cigar events and functions were being canceled all over the country. Our team was poised with the question, what do we do? Do we cancel the event? Do we do a half-cocked event and just get by? No, instead we put on our thinking caps and put on one of the most epic seven-hour virtual events that was enjoyed by thousands and viewed by tens of thousands of people all over the world. Our event in 2021, the digital experience, forever changed how these types of events will be done. So this year, for the first time in 2022, The Great Smoke, The Last Luau, will be both an in-live and virtual event experience. We had hundreds of people who contacted us early this year telling us how much they enjoyed our virtual event this year, how they had never participated in one of these mega events because they were unable to take time off for work and travel and come down. So this year, we're going out of our way so that people can enjoy the event in their own home as they did earlier this year and also do it live. Michael Hercox of Ferio Tego Cigars and Kim Keeney will be returning in 2022 to reprise their roles as co-hosts for The Great Smoke. As we did earlier this year for the first time, we have worked with select manufacturers to make very limited TGS releases. We got Aganor Salif, Espinosa Cigars, 
Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Room 101, and ADV Cigars. They will each be making a very limited run of TGS Edition cigars, exclusively at ticket holders for The Great Smoke. There will be a series of special virtual events between the end of November and the beginning of February where all these TGS limited releases will be offered prior to the Great Smoke event. So you will need to get your ticket in advance to be eligible to get into the very special TGS virtual store to participate in these events prior to the Great Smoke date. As always this year, we're gonna have a very special dinner hosted by the Red Meat Lovers Club and special guest Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. This is gonna be a last luau feast like you've never seen before and all attendees will get a very limited RML, it's Red Meat Lover Cigar, made by Steve Saka just for this event. So what do you have to do to participate? Go to thegreatsmoke.com, secure your ticket, which will get you the last luau party back. Now, whether you're virtual or coming live, everyone will get the same epic package. This is the most epic Great Smoke package we've ever made in the history of this event. Almost $450 worth of swag and 40 premium cigars that'll either be delivered to your door or handed to you the day of the event. As always during the Great Smoke, we'll have mega raffles and prizes and whether you're at home or there live in person, everyone who gets a ticket is automatically entered. The event dates are February 24th through February 27th with the main event being February 26th. And whether you're there in person or live watching at home, we're going to have five special virtual sessions and interaction with what's going on in the event floor so you can actually see what people and what things are going on as the event is happening. Tickets go on sale this Friday, November 12th, noon Eastern Standard Time. I urge everyone out there to get their tickets early. They'll let you participate in all the pre-virtual events we're going to have with the manufacturers who made limited releases, and it'll secure your ticket because our feeling this will be the most epic year ever as far as ticket sales and how fast they'll go. To get your tickets and for more information, go to www.thegreatsmoke.com. The last luau, baby, because this is be the last luau you'll ever need to go to. Peace. Welcome back to Hour 2 of KMA Talk Radio. We're all here with my gang, the Italian Sky and Paul Tocco, Alex the Goat. Did you run to the bathroom during the break? You're damn right I did. All right. I had to play a time during that promo. You communicated with me. <laughs> Alex is going to cry I when took, the Great Smoke ad is over. I, I took my phone. I know that Great Smoke ad is great. Just me like fucking, I can walk to the bath, not run. I, I, I even got up. I, as soon as that one starts, that's when I go up and take a leak. Yeah, I saw. I literally saw, and when I came back, everybody was gone except Abe. Yeah, I'm a camel man. I hold that stuff in. <laughs> All right, Mick. We have a um, a segment powered by Avo Cigars. It's called "Name That Jam" from our fine folks at uh, Avo and Eddie Guerra. Uh, it's pretty simple. It's kind of like "Name That Tune." We're gonna play you a three second segment of a song from an era and see if you can figure out what it is 
I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably not too challenging. We had to do some couple on the fly real quick, and we kind of knew they were weak, but we didn't have time to make more. So it's time for Name That Jam by Alvo Cigars. Tell us if you need it again. You don't. You don't have this one. W D I Z in Orlando used to play this all the time. Oh um, my buddies are gonna, Billy's gonna bust my. Oh, this is a gimme because I'm gonna tell you something. I gave him. I gave him got it in like 0.5 seconds. Yeah. Here, I'll play it again. I I I. DC. Ooh. Well, at least you know he's being honest because a couple people already. Pinned it in the in the chat. Well, I'm not yeah. looking at the chat. Good I can't, for you. I can't. I'm going to tell you something because I gave our our video guy a three second segment that wasn't so obvious. Like this is like the entry to the song. I mean, like this is the part that anybody would recognize. So, all right, I feel all right that we kind of stumped Mickey on this one. All right, why don't you give him the well, reveal? That's easy huh? when it comes to music. I'm going up the Crazy turn by Ozzy Osbourne. I, I loved Ozzy and Sabbath and God, that was the stuff. That and Southern Rock, because I actually grew up in Daytona Beach before I married a Philly girl. And uh, I think that concert was, I was in the eighth grade and they, and Def Leppard opened up for them. Wow. Def Leppard. That's wow. what he had. That's what he had all his limbs. Yeah, I was going to say, was that post? <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just like, that was like, that's how long ago it was. Yeah. That's why I get up at 3.30 in the morning to pee. I'm an old man. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm younger than Ozzy. Well, a big thank you to Avo Cigars for that segment. That was your this week's episode of Name That Jam. Hopefully, we'll have a couple more exciting ones after uh, the Great Smoke. This is, if anybody doesn't know, this is going to be our last uh, KMA broadcast until after the Great Smoke. We're taking next week off. And obviously, the Saturday morning of the Great Smoke. If you don't watch KMA and you didn't get a ticket, you can still watch the virtual broadcast. So join join the happenings on what's going on over there. Time's the broadcast Beautiful. start. 12? 1? 12. Just before 12. I think we did 11.55 so we can get some footage of the people waiting to get in. So I think it's 11.55. I don't, I don't even – I'm still waiting for my uh, my call in when I when – I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I mean, I kind of know. Did you get the timeline yet or no? Is that different? I got nothing. Yeah, I, got I nothing told her. To, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll take care of it. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I'm ready to go. I I blocked out the whole day. There's so really, we're going to have to have a meeting beforehand to go through the timeline. So you guys just have a little idea of what's going to happen, what's going on, if you have any questions. See, here, here's the other thing that we didn't realize, right? So last year, there were no events. So we actually met on Friday, spent about three or four hours, everybody involved, just doing a walkthrough. We don't right. even have that luxury this year. We got two events Friday night. 
the crew who flies in doesn't come in till Thursday night. I mean, it's insane. So, oh and Michael's flying in that morning. Right. So I got to have a separate meeting with, with the uh, crew and the producer. Then I got to have a meeting with you and Kim. And then I got to have a meeting with Michael. Kim and I are local. We can, yeah, we, can we, we figure we'll get together or whatever, and then we'll go through the timeline. We'll and probably then, carpool. Huh? We have a lot of talent and personalities, and you pulled off all that vamping last year that had such good depth to it. You, Listen, guys, are, you guys will break a leg. You guys will break Last a leg. year was a monstrosity, mainly due to experience and size. This year is just all logistical problems of putting it together. That, that yeah. That's the only thing. It's just there's too many moving components and trying to do it live at the same time. It, it complicated things in ways we didn't see. Like, we can't have a simple walkthrough. Like, we just started this, like, a week ago. Like, you know, oh, shit. We can't do a walkthrough. I got we got a dinner and a function here. Michael's not even in town this year. Friday night, it's, it's right. just a lot of logistical crap, but we'll get through it. Well, that was kind of wasn't that kind of the thing last year too? Didn't he get there like last minute because he couldn't he couldn't? Get no, there he came in. He came in Friday morning, so right. he, we, we, we had a whole day. day Friday, but he almost didn't get on the plane oh, okay. Friday morning because of weather. Right. Oh, right. It was weather. Okay. Well, that's the the chance you take getting a northerner down here this time of year. Well, now he's coming from uh, Dominican Republic, so we don't have to worry about. Snow. Oh, oh, okay, even better. Okay, I was going to say I was just I was just up there in his neck of the woods. There's still snow there. There's a lot of snow there still. Where now I got to find somewhere to ship my lighter. Has no one ever heard of the UPS store? It's like this is like the number one complaint. You know, you, you know, this was the greatest idea that I regret of the Great Smoke of the package. Is everybody Seriously. whining? And crying about what am I going to do with this lighter? Had I known this, I would have just said skip this whole thing. Between the adjustment video and 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 and, and everybody, a UPS store. It's not rocket science. Go to a UPS store. You can't ship. You can't put a lighter in a check. Well, bag? because it looks like a spray paint can. Right. I guess the oh, issue is not so much it's a lighter. Right. That it's a lighter that There's... looks like a spray paint can, which you can't take on a plane. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Well, that's it's a cool lighter, pay. though. That's the price you pay when you try to do cool things. <laughs> well, hey, Daniel, you're not the only one. It's like been like a hundred people, you know. Oh, what am I going to do with this lighter? Figure it out. They got overnight shipping at UPS. You got standard shipping. You go anywhere. It's not that hard. Well, if somebody Dude, was smart and wanted to hustle a few bucks, stayed outside and. We'll ship, you know, whatever. Listen, like, <laughs> right? Like, right? This is a guy with no experience in this. Like, you don't think somebody from my staff thought of it? I said, we're not touching that shit with a ten foot pole. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not tracking everybody's like... missing lighter. Everything that got delayed. No, we're not touching that with a ten. No, but he's pole. saying oh, a, a, no, an entrepreneur could go out there. Yeah, right. somebody, he hey, listen, I'm staying till Monday. I'll ship everybody's lighters right. on Monday for a small fee. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole, man. Somebody from my staff, we should have Labby just take me. No. <laughs> no. No. Lost uh, packages, lo delays, that's all we need. Because everybody thinks that after the Great Smoke, it's over. We've got another 10 days of hard work after the Great Smoke. All that crap's got to move back and get out of there and be revamped. Yeah, it's not over when it's over. It's not over when it's over. It never is. Not all right. right. So... Mick. Yes, sir. What's your plans in 2022? Are you doing a lot of traveling? Are you going places? Yeah. Are you doing are you hitting the road like a road warrior like most of these guys? Yeah, you know, it's funny you ask that because 
uh, I've been getting a lot of responses from friends and people and new friends and like watching my travels and uh, I kind of enjoy posting it. I, and um, yeah, so it's, you know, when we were building out David off of that time, that was part of going to a direct sales force and CAO when we built, you know, if you're not visible, you're not re relevant, you know? So it's like, um, yeah. So we now have four brokers that cover about 20 States. And, and I was talking to my wife about it this morning. I'm like, she goes, that's great. And I go, yeah, but you know, of those 20 States, North and South Dakota are in there. Not air, not, not, no disrespect to North and South Dakota, but you have to have time and penetration, right. You know, with, you know, uh, with your time. And I go, well, I'd like to have Arizona in there. I'd like to have a couple other things in there. So for, we might have room for one more broker this year because we don't want to get on shelves that we can't support. I think Abe, you and I've had that conversation a couple times. And then when we mapped out that plan of what we were doing, uh, I, I, I'd like to do that with everybody, you know, what's my commitment going to be back to you and what we can do, and what we can provide. So uh, I am local this week. When I say local uh, DC to uh, Southern Jersey, Eastern Pennsylvania, maybe Harrisburg a little bit. Uh, and then I hit the factory on a uh, week from Monday, short trip. Uh, I fly back into Miami uh, and then I'm going to come up and uh, hang out with you guys and uh, just observe. So we get the opportunity to be a part of it for the next year that we can put our best foot forward. That's how much it means to us. And it's just great to talk to people and, uh, and you know, see a lot of old friends and, uh, and just connecting. So, and then from then I get back that Sunday and, uh, I hit the streets again and then start traveling with all my, my brokers. It's so. been a long time since you've done that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've been doing it quite a bit over the last year. So I, I've, I've, I've been on, I've been on the streets and I think that's where a lot of my penetration is coming from. So yeah, I didn't know how much people have traveled in the last year, year and a half. Cause I did. I had to, I mean, the thing is, if I didn't do it, we wouldn't be, you know, when you get on a shelf space, you know, typically it's three to five no's if you think you're going to get in there, right? So every time you hear a no, that's one step closer to yes. And plus, I think people are testing like, hey, is he going to be around? Is he going to support this the way he says? You know, you know, also, I, I talked to Ronnie about this too. Hey, so, you know, it's extremely hard to get shelf space with anybody, right? But it's the easiest part of the process. Yep. How do you stay relevant with them to keep it and get those turns? You do an event. I don't consider that an organic turn. I, I think that helps you get an organic turn when you do that, but it's more than just an event. It's the activity. And, and uh, there's been a couple of people here uh, when I've had time to, to look at the chats, have been very supportive and watching my travel and I, and I appreciate it. And that's one of the things that I, I absolutely find, you know, uh, love about the business. Even when I was selling mutual funds, I traveled quite a bit. And everybody's like, well, you know, Mickey, how do you make 22 years of marriage work? And I go, well, spend 11 of them in a hotel. <laughs> you know, so, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that was part of the game. Matter of fact, you know, when I went down, Frank and I went down to go meet with Rocky about using the Tabacusa factory. Because as far as I know, nobody else is doing anything in the Tabacusa factory except for Rocky stuff outside of me, right? Most of that stuff is done in Honduras. And we walked in, we had 50 solid yes or no questions that we wanted to ask. So we walk into the meeting and it's Rocky, Nish, Nimish, Dave, 
Mr. B, and Hamlet. And for 45 minutes, we got peppered with questions. Show me your financials. Show me this. So we had to show him everything. And then Rocky looked at me. He goes, are you going to do what you did in the old days? And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, done deal. Book your ticket. Get down there and work on your blends. And uh, that, and that's where we're at right now. So, yeah. Um, if you look at, you know, you look at the, the people that have had success out there and maintain that success as they've kept up with it, maybe take a little break here and there, but staying after it, you got to really enjoy the travel. You know, when I got that, when I first got that first job at Davidoff, I thought everybody was going to be a point of merchant because I came out of Georgetown Tobacco. Georgetown Tobacco was a top 10 retailer at that time. And, you know, it was funny, really quick. I'm like, you're going to give me Washington, D.C., Virginia and North and South Carolina. I get Charleston. I get all these great places to go. And uh, <clears throat> that was the fact. And I'm like, you're going to give me a car. You're going to give me a credit card. You're going to give me an expense account. Like, I'm like, this is absolutely fabulous. So, and, and I don't think that's ever left, you know. So I do. I enjoy it. You know, my, you know, I'm probably the brokers are like, so what's your model? I go, well, first of all, here's the general thing. I want you to make the appointments. We want to work with you and, and under, you know, make sure that we're in conjunction with your business model as well. But I like to end every day at a lounge that we're traveling. And hopefully the best place I end up is my last stop that I, that we hang out with on a Thursday or a Friday before I get on a plane the next day. And I think that's where you have the most impact. And, um, you know, I think that's just one of the things that I still just thoroughly enjoy about it and getting feedback. And if you listen a lot of people will, you know, give you a lot of great ideas. So don't think you're, you know. You always uh, learn a lot more listening than you do talking. Yeah, I, and I talk too much sometimes, but I try to get the, you know, I got two ears and one mouth. I try to do that. So uh, I try. <laughs> but, um, but that's one of the things that excites me. It's like when I come down, Alex, what's my favorite thing when I get down there? Like, I, I want, what do I want? I want that Terry Musu cappuccino thing with Jiggy. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> I walk through the door and I'm like, I don't want, Matt came over to talk to me. I'm like, Matt, I got here 20 minutes early so I can have this Terry Here Musu. for the cappuccino, I absolutely. That you're letting me into your retail stores, but please let me have this thing first. So I really look forward to it. And I always take a picture when I do it. It's always, we always have a fun time with it. So, but those so, are those little things. You find these little slivers and that keep you, that, that just makes it exciting. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to travel. When you're out for 14 or 21 days at a time, Sundays blow, you know, because I like to go to Mass with my family. And it's not something that I'm just super religious person, but, like, get an hour outside of your environment and spend time with your family, you know, especially now my girls are growing up and, you know, so. Will you be at the PCA show this year? Yes, absolutely. Is that your first PCA? We'll be our second. Your second. So last year was your first. Last year was your first PCA since you got out of the industry. Uh, my first one with a booth. I had been sneaking back for several years, popping my head in. Speaking of sneaking, I heard you were at the TPE this year. Yeah, I was there. Did you go? You didn't. You weren't there as an exhibitor. Yeah, I was. Oh, you were an exhibitor there. Yeah, I was the one that got fucking pissed off about all the goddamn backpack vendors. I had so okay, I'm so we'll brilliant. Be- I'm yeah, gonna, so explain this because I heard I heard some comments. I didn't couldn't find it, but I heard that you'd make some comments about the TPE this year. I I, I pulled them down because I don't like to post anything negative, and I don't want to say that's that why I couldn't find them. Uh, no, because it's like I don't want to get caught up in all this bullshit and all these world wars out there. I just I want people to a little bit on Facebook, see a little bit of my family, uh, and what, what I'm doing out there from a positive standpoint. 
agree. And on Instagram, I kind of have them separated. But what happened was I was in a uh, in the pavilion. If you know, it's like it's where multiple guys are in one place, and it, it, it makes it very cost efficient for us to be in something like that. And uh, a guy came comes up and literally is like leaning to get my attention. He's actually talking to Frank and says he wants to talk to me. And we're like, all right, right now, uh, okay. And I'm with a cool retailer that I know. And I said, hey, can I just go say hi to this person real quick and tell, like, set up a time to talk to him a little bit? Because we were pretty busy the whole time. He ends up being a, uh, a cigar brand owner and, and asked for cigars. I said, okay, here you go. Um, Wait, he's, he's not with. a retailer. He's a brand owner, and he's asking you for your yeah, cigar. Yeah, he might be a retailer, too. So we'll find okay. out because this guy's going to figure he out. Might, he might be one of these retailer converts. Right, yeah. So um, I give him the four-pack. And what did I do? Like, I see Terrence. We switch guys. I see Eric. I see Jack. We all give these cigars because we love sure. every funny stuff. You know, I'm still a freaking geek at heart. I started in retail, right? He starts to make fun of a blogger. And the retailer that was in my booth, and I go, Are you sh-? I thought he was ball busting, right? You know, we're all we're industry of ball busting. He starts ball busting, I'm like me, like I'm like, hey guy, I go, let's try to catch up after the show. I'm during selling hours right now. I pay to be here, uh, and I paid to be in a booth. Uh, let's let's talk about after. Maybe we we'll get a drink at the cash bar or something. And it really, and I saw all their backpackers there. But you know, it's like so just for our listeners, when you say backpackers, right? So I'm because no booth, right? Well, these are guys who go to a show. We actually that conversation alone should have could have been posted on Facebook. It was hilarious last night. The suitcasing, yeah. So I call I call, I call it backpackers. So the term the term that was used was suitcasing, which yeah, I knew exactly what was meant. And Paul right. and Alex were like, "What the hell is suitcasing?" Because well, I would just understood suitcasing is a different term. Yeah, what it what it what it smuggle drugs in the in the suitcase and smuggle drugs in the jail drugs in jail up your ass. Put yeah, it see, I never, I didn't, when they said well hold on their 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 original explanation was was when you stick something up your ass. So I'm like, yeah, how does the term suitcasing even relate to that? And they're like, you know, when you go to then they add in when you go to prison, you hide stuff. I'm like, okay, <laughs> wow. So <laughs> this, is, this is our conversation last night, but suitcase is when you go to a show and you don't exhibit, but you still try to get all the benefits of the show because you're trying to sell wares out of a suitcase instead of paying to contribute to be part of a show. Yeah. And, there, and there's some media and blogger guys that said they, if they know those guys don't have a booth, they won't talk to them or whatever. But like, it's like I was at the Great Smoke last year, right? I gave a couple cigars out to smoke and staff only. Right, and I bought drinks for the media. Mickey like, came. Mickey came as a guest. He he hadn't. He wasn't ready for the Great Smoke, but he wanted to come and see so he could prepare himself. So he came. That that wasn't last. That was last year or the year before. Yeah, that, every last year. Oh, the digital one. So yeah, he, he wanted to check it out, but he's trying to say that you know, he kept a low profile because he wasn't there as a presenter of the Great Smoke. Oh, if I had a chance to talk about my company, I did. But like, if Saka was in, if somebody else was in the room that paid to be a part of that program. I backed out of the conversation. I went to the bathroom, got on a telephone call. That was, uh, you know, <clears throat> you got to be respectful. It's like I'm sitting there. I put my goddamn life savings into this company, and there was this freaking brand owner selling direct, and I'm out in my car delivering product and running credit cards for retailers. That pissed me off. Like, you, you if know, you're gonna be if you're gonna be in this game, be in this fucking game. 
you know, you what know I mean? every, everybody just doesn't know how to do things right i me and alex has this argument because if, if you fuck up alex has the you know st s syndrome they go straight to scumbag status with him right away right and you know, some silly. people just some people just don't know what's right and wrong you know over 16 years we've had i've had many retailers um i've invited them down um to come to the great smoke because they're either doing one in their place and it's not going well i think one year we went we went up as kma and did the uh brew city cigar festival up in uh wisconsin and you know, after that event, I pulled over the owners, Paul and Jennifer, two nice couple. Y'all need to come down to the Great Smoke one year. Be my guests. Come check it out, whatever. And, and, and there are other retailers, just like I've gone to Cigar Fest, Texas uh, Cigar Festival, a couple other ones. I'll always contact the organizer of the company and say, look, I, I just want to come as a guest. Check right. it out. Are you okay with it? And no one's ever said no. And, and we're the same way. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, we can help you. Want to take a look? Come on down. But then you always have those retailers or companies that you'll find out after the fact. You know, they'll right. come, they'll come in incognito and leave and not even introduce themselves or say hi. And it's just sometimes people just don't don't know the right way to go about things. Well, I hope we're approaching the right way and what we're doing with the company and working with our partners and the people out there. I just got a little hot about that, and I go, Mickey, don't start breaking your rules now, getting on and getting in a political standpoint. And I didn't want it to have any reflection on what TPE did, whether you like them or not. Uh, they gave me a platform to introduce my company to people. And matter of fact, a third of the orders that we took were new accounts, that accounts that we wanted to be a part of. So it was wow. a healthy situation for us. Um, uh, PCA, I've always had a fondness for the PCA, RTDA, going to it for so many years, you know, first as a retailer, then under two brokerage houses or, or, or under two, you know, brand ownerships. Um, you know, so I just wanted to make sure we're doing right. And for me to get up there and, you know, I guess I just bitched about it again, but it's just, I don't think it's fair for the people that well, have a it, lot on the line and I think are taking the right approach to, to presenting themselves in the market. That's it's been going on for a long time though, Mick. It's been, it's gone on in the PCA. It's just, there's always that, that, that element. I mean, I've been approached by a lot of people at the PCA who I knew they had a brand. I recognized they'll pull me over, you know, they walk around with a backpack or whatever, duffel bag. And they'll pull me over while I'm walking down an aisle and say, Hey, here, try some of these smokes. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm like, Oh, where's your booth? Maybe I'll come check you out. He's like, oh, no, we don't have a booth. I'm like, All right. Good. See you later. I mean, that's, that's just been something that I've seen over the decades in this industry. Yeah. And it's probably the same in any industry, to be honest. Uh, it's, some of we, them are. It, it happens. It happens in in my industry too, where like you'll somebody will be like, what they do in my industry though is they don't buy tickets to the event at all. So they'll hang out at the hotel, and you'll have a meeting with a with a potential client or a potential publisher, and they'll they'll be like, hey, do you want to meet up today? Great, yeah, I'm I'm over in the they call it the meat market in this one event that right. I go to. I'm like I'm over in the meat market by booth two hundred. So let's let's meet over there. There's like a little uh, bar over there. And they'll be like, "Well, can you meet me by the escalators?" <laughs> and you're like, "What do you What do you mean?" So they they like hang out right outside the event, where it's like awkward to like stand there, and they don't have passes for the event. It's like a, it's a strange, but it happens all the time. If you if you're going from and you're paying your paying some kind of rate or going something or or get asking for you got a favor and it's been blessed by them, and you're observing to make yourself better make your company better and the partner better with your partner absolutely but don't get in the way of the other people that are 
putting their time, effort, and money and margins into an event, you know. But yeah. I think that's where it comes down to, too, Mick. It's typically the people who don't really work hard because they don't know what the value is of that hard work. See, guys like us, who, like we put our hard work in stuff, right? Right. So we spend hours, effort, money. So, like, I wouldn't want somebody coming to my great smoke and shilling, right, and, and doing that kind of stuff. You're just abusing what I've tried to do. So that's why in my head I know I would – I when I've gone to other festivals, whether it was Cigar Fest or – I don't even wear a smoking shirt. I mean, I really try to walk around. Not that I'm that incognito, but you know, <laughs> I just want to walk around humbly because I'm really just there to observe and see if I could learn anything right. new. And um, because we have that mentality, that's why we're sensitive about not doing it to other people. I think the guys who are most guilty of that are people who've never really done anything on their own like that. So they don't even realize what they're infringing on or how it feels. Right. Well, I hope I didn't piss anybody off. But, yeah. Nah, it right. comes down to manners too. I I, I agree with Mickey. It's like a simple. It's a simple thing. Manners. It's being respectful. You know what? If you don't have the time to put the research in, then maybe you shouldn't be in this freaking industry. It should. You know, they all say like work smarter, not harder. But again, if you're doing something you love and you're passionate about, does it really work? Yes, I guess it's work. I mean, but. Come on. I'm at a cigar event learning how to be a better partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, could I be in tobacco shops that day? Absolutely. But if I'm going to get ideas and learn and talk to some of my other veterans out there about making our company a better place so we can have that longevity, so I can be that legacy brand, you know, hell yeah. It's a blast. That's what I love about you guys. I love about when, hey, hold on. Let me find this damn thing. Where did I put it? Uh, shit, I've sent it out just for this. Anyways, I still have the poker box. Remember no! The poker humidor? Yes! Wow! I, I sent it out just for this goddamn call. I got one here if you don't have one. It's on my history shelf. I have it, but that remember, that's when you were really starting with the poker game, like the Espinosa poker game, remember? That was that that was only made, I think, either... It's, it should be right up there. It's a little... We had the flavorettes there. We had... Oh. Wait, no, that po that that humidor, if you're talking, the one that, from the poker tournament? Yes. That was only made in the first year, which was the year before the first great smoke. Oh, okay. Well, I was there that year. Yeah, we didn't make it after that. You're um, by a water fountain and all that shit? No, you're, you're blending the poker tournament with the first couple great okay. smokes, which were oh, out okay. the water tournament. Yeah. But if you have that humidor, that was made one year. It was for the right. first... Smoking series of poker, and I, I have it on my history shelf. I got Petra up there trying to get it. No, it's like I do. I have it somewhere because I keep. Uh, I, Maybe that guy's on it, but on top of it, it says smoking. That's hilarious. Should be by some poker chips. It may not be up there. Don't kill yourself if you can't find it. That's how geeked out I get. You know what I mean? It's like you know. But you could be the only person other than myself who I know still has one of those. I mean, there's only 120 <laughs> people at that event. Only like 120 people got them. And 15 manufacturers. So well, uh, yeah, I, 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 it was hard for me to get one. I remember that. Wow. I think I just took it. That's a little piece of history <laughs> right there. Um, I did the Philly Five Finger. The yeah, Philly Five Finger. Uh -oh. Alex knows all about that. Oh, uh oh. Is that Patrick was standing your, that was filing? Now I'm label. the only one with one. That was your Disney <laughs> label. Now there's only one left. Oh no, that was my oh, that was the Disney cigar band. Kind of shifting gears, but a little bit. So I blame myself because she's my 
She's my clumsiest daughter. Broken. There's, right? all, there's only one. So I, was, I have uh, another one. I got one. No, no, it's there. It's good. She got to put it back together. Speaking of travel, so it's Southwest, right? And we get back. And I'm living in Nashville at the time. When we go back, and uh, our luggage doesn't make it to Nashville. And Southwest is telling you your luggage didn't make it before you got off the plane. Go down to baggage claim, give them your information, and we'll deliver it to your house within the day. If it turns like, out. Yeah, yeah and, and it did. And so I go down. I, and it's happened to me a couple of times because I don't hate to check luggage, but usually I, when you go to a big show or something, you got to check something. So I go down. I'm about the fifth in line, and the guy in the front is going ballistically ape shit on the girl that just went, hey, just give me your ticket number. We'll get it, your address. We'll get it, everything delivered. And and uh, I go, hey, guy, this is not going to get this luggage here any quicker. We all want to do this, too. And then the lady looks up at me, looks at him, just goes, there's only two people concerned about your luggage right now. Don't make it one. And I thought it was <laughs> the greatest line. So Good for her. Well, I want to reply to Ronnie, who's in our chat. What's he saying? He says, I'm too lazy to make a business card or T-shirt. You're good. Ronnie, you don't need one. Your nose is your business card anywhere you go. So. Holy shit. That's Absolutely. funny. The nose. I, I was just, the, uh, nose the man with the nose. The man with the nose nose. Anyways, do we got Coop in the wings? We got Coop. Yeah. Let's bring him on. It's that time of the week, my friends. Let's see what's the scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coopa. Is, Coop. Welcome. Welcome. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Mickey, how's it going? What's up, Coop? How are you? Good, 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 good. By the way, I started all that trouble with the suitcasing discussion, so I'm the blame for that, <laughs> just, just so you know. But I didn't know you had pulled the post down, because I, I know you and I had talked about this. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I just don't want Yeah, I don't know, I, I, It's not my job. Good. My job is to promote our company in a positive light. Not understood. Positive. Totally understood. All right, Coop, what is the scoop this week? All right. Um, a story that I, I'm surprised didn't get more talk about this week. Um, several retailers this past week, I, I get a lot of these text messages about specials and events. And all of a sudden, I started seeing communication saying, this is going to be the last text message you're going to get on this uh, from us, right? And it was from multiple retailers. And when I started asking questions, it turned out that this is being driven by a company called Lightspeed that provides the e-commerce platform and messaging out customer contacts. And they are no longer allowing tobacco companies as well as CBD, vape, et cetera, to send out um, promotions via SMS, which is text messaging. And according to why they're doing this, there has been some guidelines set by a group called the CTIA which is basically a trade association of the mobile carriers. And they're saying that, I guess, there's things they have to comply with federally now on this. But um, they were told, like, like to be told its customers on February 1st. And as of yesterday, uh, if you're a Lightspeed customer, you can no longer uh, use that service to send out text message on your events. So a concerning yeah, thing big, for a lot of us. in my industry. We, yeah, there's a. It's not just tobacco. Text either. messaging it's in itself is really alcohol. a very strict 
thing. There's a, yeah. there's a whole lot so of... We got five human beings on the phone. Let's see if anybody feels the way I do. I detest text messages. You, you use phone. them all the time? Oh, okay. I do too, I but, all... business, but business Wait, is using I use them all the time? Use text messages all the time. No, no, no. I think Gabe's talking about solicited. I live sales. by text messages. Yeah. But if a business unsolicited starts sending me texts or I join something else and they start texting me shit or whatever and I get all these, I end up despising the company. I don't like solicitation well, via text. Well, these were all opt-ins. These were all opt-ins that I did and you have the ability to opt out as well. So it's not like anyone forced me to do right. it. Uh, but there's, Abe, what if they change this tomorrow? to say expanded from text messaging to email. And what if suddenly your internet service provider is saying you can only carry tobacco content? This is a concerning story if I was the industry right now to pay attention to what's going on here. It's very possible. It happens all the time. In my business, we do a lot of email. And uh, firearms is one of our largest industries. And it it happens all the time where Google changes their, their terms. And mm-hmm. then we we just recently in the last in the last two months Google changed their spam policy and it, it threw a lot of people for a loop. So, yeah, I, it's it's very possible that something like that could happen. Text messaging is is a more difficult business though too. Coop, people take it so much more personally. Yeah, I, I hate it. We don't we don't do a lot of it, but we have, you know, the, the only the only text messaging I like is if like you're saying like if I opted into it. But there's yeah. if you go out of the country. And Mickey might know this, but if you go out of the country, especially to a lot of the Asian countries, they have the ability to, if you're walking by a store, yeah. they can text message you and tell you, hey, we've got a sale right here at the store yep. that you just walked by. We had it We had and, it in and, the United States. It got shut down about six, seven years yeah. ago. It's yep. something to do. They detect your SIM card or something like that. Yeah. They, right? They, yeah. They, yeah. It's a mapping frequency. It, it's yeah. already happening. They can still detect you, but they can't use it to contact you. Right. But they find other ways. So they match that IP address to your email address and they can send you. Right. I mean, you know, they won't say that they do it. And then maybe they're under uh, a little bit more scrutiny right now. But Facebook does a very similar, yeah, a similar thing based on your geolocation. Yeah, the, the, the red, the red couch. Alan Rubin doesn't think it's a big deal. And he thinks that you're acting like the sky is falling. You know, Alan Rubin, man, this is a guy who told me. That the, <laughs> this is a guy who told me that the Philadelphia 76ers were not going to be contenders this year. He said they won't be contenders. They're going to finish behind the Atlanta Hawks. So, so that, there you go with Alan Rubin. So you just say he's just not a, not somebody you can rely if Alan, on. If Alan Rubin doesn't think that's a problem, he's completely disconnected with the industry and, and what, what a lot of people are doing right now. He's completely I, you disconnected. Know what, you know what, Coop? It, it's not that it's questionable on right. whether it's a problem or not. Right. I think it's more of, is this anything new? No, it's not new, we've but it been, is. It, we've had attacks like this, whether it's Facebook, whether it's yeah. the Apple Store. Yeah. This is just an ongoing thing of somebody always shutting down yeah. a door, whether it's their, you know, principal philosophical reasons or, 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 or whatever it is. I just think that's more the point is this is really nothing new for our industry, unfortunately. It, it isn't, but like I said, there's it, it creates more awareness that I think there could be bigger problems for a lot of us down the road, um, especially if like email ISPs get involved with this right now. That that's that's something that's very, that people should be very scared of right now. Um, and and this isn't this isn't Lightspeed themselves making that policy. This is a uh, an organization making the policy, like because Lightspeed is a huge company, right? Lightspeed like, is saying a pretty massive yeah. market. 
They're a, pl- they're a platform. Right. So Lightspeed yeah. is complying with the CTIA, right? Now, I've been asking questions. Where did the CTIA specify this, right? Because I have a copy can of the you, Can you clarify for our listeners what the CTIA is, please? Yeah, it's the Trade Association for uh, Mobile Carriers and Providers. So, so they 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 issue guidance based on, I guess, what they get from the federal government, and it's a little unclear why all of a sudden that this is being enforced. Um, and Lightspeed's basically saying, "Hey, we're just complying with CTIA here. That that that's their then they're washing their hands of it, as far as that goes. Saying this is CTIA, but I've been trying to find out." What, what CTI did they say something different? Is this suddenly something that's being enforced, Paul? I don't know if you have any background on that, just from what you do. Well, well it doesn't Alan, sound Alan, like. If, Alan, Alan, I think Alan Rubin's missing the point, which is not. Yeah. Unlike yeah. Alan, well, so that's how you know under, he's not yeah, a market. That's sure, how you know he's not a marketer. Other ways than text messages, but that is the point. What if they start hitting into these other ways, like yeah. emails? Especially yeah. for a company like your I company. Don't, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't That's think like, the CTIA I don't think the CTIA is any kind of official organization other than like you're saying a trade organization. So it would be it is on the company's behalf whether or not they want to follow those those regulations or rules or what or whatever suggestions we, we actually that they're putting just got out a text there. into KMA, Abe. Uh, it's very odd. What happened? Oh uh, yeah. We got a text into KMA. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. This is the text I get. Who is this? Who is this? This is Tom Pauser from Alaska. <laughs> he's still, he's oh. soliciting me via text now. <laughs> well, listen. I, yeah, mean, so- I don't know how Alan Rubin would feel if they went after his company, San Cristobal, and um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or shutting down how they can communicate. Could you? Could you, could you imagine could, if Alan couldn't do? He his might change Saturday- the way he thinks. Yeah, or or if they suddenly Facebook completely uh, just goes against that back, he can't host his um well whereby let's say whereby yeah. I'm sorry, and if the ISP right. says you can't have tobacco content, guess what? Whereby can't host tobacco content anymore. So look, here's my response to this. I mean, not that it's a response, but here's my yeah. personal response to this. Look, we're we're gonna face this throughout our career in this industry. It's just an unfortunate side effect. The Dojo guys faced it when Apple Store shut down. Yeah apps and stuff like that and they found a way to recreate themselves smoking kma as a company as an organization if something would happen where we would be knocked off facebook it would be devastating to us and how we can interact and communicate with all the people we love and our customers our fans all over the world but i promise you this we'd be sitting here for hours figuring out how we're going to make up that hole and gap and still find a way to communicate so these times are also how innovation is made and how you think up the next thing, just like yeah. how the Great Smoke Digital happened last year when we got shut down with pandemics. You know, That's when innovation kicks in and you start figuring out how do we continue to do what we do in spite of the hurdles that are set before us. Or just find another provider because it doesn't sound like the FCC is making actual ruling on this. Well, that's, well, why, listen to me, that's how I that's see it. Tough. That's a little tougher than you think, though, with some of these, yeah. You know, when when Operation, what was it, what was it called? Operation, oh, what was the Operation call? Where choke point, choke point. Choke point. You knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. When Operation Choke Point, which was pushed by the Obama administration, where they they told banks that if you continue to deal with these risky businesses, they'll have a different standards of how they were going to be, uh, you know, oversought by the, by the FDIC. And all of a sudden, 
you know, and tobacco got listed in these risky businesses. You know, I had a seven, we had seven accounts in one bank and I'd been there for 17 years and we got a letter in the mail saying, yeah, you have 30 days to close all your accounts. Well, another wow. bank, great, another bank greatly benefited by that, you know? So yeah, yeah we had know. the same, we had the same issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the worst part about these Alan Rubin comments is? I'm going to get about 30 private messages from him on this. It's always, really <laughs> always what he does. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and just quite often, back, it'll, just, it'll just be the same message copied to a couple. The same people. thing he said that he said on here. Yeah. yeah. Just get back at him and order order Girl Scout cookies from somebody else and post it. <laughs> don't, they, don't they make him work over order. at San Cristobal? They just put my order in with Alan and send it to the shop. Oh, he's going to be a guest, right? From San you Cristobal. You did that too. What you yeah. put an order and send it to the shop? Yeah. We're gonna have girl cut cookies coming out of the ass. I uh, can't believe Nashville has not sent Paul a care package yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to give to my nieces, Alan. I'm sorry. So you, <laughs> I had you, know, them. you know what's funny is I meant to I started it like a week ago. I was gonna have it sent to the shop, but for some reason my credit card transaction wouldn't go over the phone, and then I couldn't remember if I had finished it or not. I actually had to message him. Can you please check and see if there was an order? Because I can't remember this actually if I went back and did it a second time after it failed. But I think I'm going to change it because I haven't done it yet. He just told me the other night. But I think I'm going to change it. I'm just going to ship them right back to him. Let him eat them. He'll eat them. What else you got going on, Coop? Uh, a few product announcements. Uh, if you're an AVO fan, they announced the AVO Improvisation 2022. Um, it's going to feature two blends, a natural and an oscuro, and they're going to be arranged kind of in a piano key format. But according to Davidoff, this is going to be the last of the AVO Improvisations. So this is going to be the final one. I don't think it's an end of limited editions, but as far as this improvisation series they've had for several years, this is going to be the last one. I think cool. I think it ran its course. I think it did too. I think it's it's been a long, long I, time. Yeah. Did I see a pick? Is it a Maduro and a natural in the same box? Did I did I see? That? Yes. It, it. Yeah. Yes, it is. I don't have the picture with me, but they're literally arranged like piano keys. So the dark right. things are meant to look like you know the dark keys of the piano. And they're calling the natural the white and the uh, the oscuro the dark. Is it just me or does Alan Rubin just thrive on instigating? He, he must stuff be bored with today. everybody. <laughs> that poor kid at the bus stop growing up. <laughs> <laughs> what else? You to, I grew up in Daytona Beach, and we you know we didn't have snowballs, but we had all these pine trees <laughs> in this neighborhood. So, like, if somebody was coming up to the bus stop, we would wait behind the bushes and take pine cones. And just blow We had pine cone wars. Yep. Um, a couple of other quick announcements. Um, if you're a Gregoria Cubana Serie R fan, uh, they are making a national release of a size called the number eight. That's a 7x70 version of the Serie R. So that's, uh, that's already been floating around a little, but um, it's going to be going national. So more seven by seventies. Uh, I'm a big Serie R fan. Actually, it's one of my favorite lines uh, for a long time. Just so it's it's interesting of, that kind of size. You know, we were just talking about how we feel like that that it's kind of those giant sizes kind of plateaued. Alex, I, yeah, I Alex agree. I was talking about. It. I don't know if it's plateaued, but what happened was in the beginning, as far as on a retail level, is there were very few companies doing it, so they're all moving hot and going out because we we notice a lot of them don't sell like they used to. But what's happened now is. Almost every company has a version of it, so nothing is really like moving out the door in, in mass yeah, quantities. Yeah. It's just kind of spread itself around multitude of different brands now that are offering that size. 
Yeah, and, and like I said, I just wonder if this is going to be a you know an inflation, if that affects discretionary income, if maybe if someone smoking a bigger size will go a little down further. So I thought it was interesting to see that come out like this of all years this year. I have a picture of the Avo cigar if you want to see. Put it, it up. Yeah, yeah, put it up. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's cool looking. Yep. And, and I do think it, like I said, I do think the series has run its course. I agree with you, Abe. And I think it's time for them to do, they'll do something different, I'm sure. So I don't think this will be the end of the limited editions from them. But I think as far as this series goes, they've, they've taken it as far as they could. I agree. Yeah. And so there's, there's always, there's always some fun cigars. I mean, what they should have always do great work out properly, but whatever. They always do great work on the boxes of those cigars, too. They're yep. always really packaged beautifully. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. Um, a couple of uh, out of McAuliffe cigars, the Riata line, which is one of their core lines, uh, they've added a Toro and Corona extra size. You know, what's interesting about McAuliffe is they didn't, there's a lot of their lines didn't have Toros, so, which is a very popular size. So they're kind of trying to fill in Toros where they can. And the Riata line um, is one of those. That's, that's a line named after the restaurant in Fort Worth owned by Al McAuliffe. So that should be hitting the stores very soon as well. Interesting. Pretty pretty shocking to hear they didn't have Toro in a lot of sizes. It was um, interesting, yeah. I mean, they added they've added them over the I last couple of years. We did our opening order, like okay, yeah, odd. Yeah, I mean, they recognized it when Dan came in. I think he recognized it. And that's one of the things he's done because um, this is not the first line they've done this on already. What else you got, Coop? Oh, that's it for this week. All right. Well, you can get more news and fun facts over at cigar coopcom Rumor free, teaser free, and thank you for the banner at the bottom. Thank you. And then we have a, a little preview of when we come back. For Tale of Tape season four? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. have it finally. Okay. Yeah. See that? With a new season of Tale of Tape, let's run the teaser for season four. Should be I like an interesting music. One. Yeah, this should be an interesting one. I guess yeah. Michael Herklotz is going to be on the smoking whereby tonight. So, um, oh, nice. I'm, I'm going to try to jump on. Maybe get some. Yeah, I, I was on last week, Gabe, by the way, but you didn't jump on, but that's okay. You know, I don't know who's on. This is kind of like an <laughs> Alan Rubin project. I know. I'll blame so Alan. Half the time, it's a surprise for me. Someone just posted it in the comments and I caught it right now. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You know what? It's a lot of fun. Um, It's a way to kind of interact with, with people in a little more direct way. I I, I actually was really enjoyed it last too, week. Which it's very yeah, 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 yeah. We kid Alan. He does a great job with that. I'm going to say that. He really has. He keeps the flow and he moderates really well. So I think he's done a good job with that. So now time for some important KMA news. If you've stayed with us this whole show. After 10 years, one of our founding segments. Can you stop shaking your head, Paul? I don't even notice. We're like, what, what, what news are we coming up with? I thought I'll just I sit back and, and act like you're part of the show. <laughs> After 10 years of, of one of our original segments, um, this will be the last episode of Cigar Insane Asylum. Yes, we have a... Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. 
All right, we're gonna try that. I thought again. that was your segue. Yeah, we're no, no. mid sentence is not usually a segue. Unfucking believable. He really took a nice pause. Just shut up. Bro, pause. I was in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> Fucking pause. Let me get try this one more time. He totally killed my dramatic effect. Completely. Killed it. Anyways, since day one of KMA Talk Radio, we have had a insane asylum or crazy story segment. After ten years, this feature is coming to a close. We will have a new segment after we come back for the Great Smoke. So this will be the last Cigar Insane Asylum in KMA history, and you could watch our intro for the very, well, now, the very last time. That's your cue, Paul. Oh, oh you want it again? Yeah. No. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. <laughs> Cigar Insane Asylum. Michael Avenatti was convicted Friday of charges that he cheated the porn actor Stormy Daniels out of nearly $300,000 she was supposed to get for writing a book about alleged tryst with former President Donald Trump. Avenatti, who acted on his own, who acted as his own lawyer, stared straight ahead as the verdict was read. It was another crushing defeat for the California lawyer who has faced legal problems after briefly rising to fame as one of Trump's leading antagonists on cable news. I'm very disappointed in the jury's verdict. No shit. Evan I told reporters outside a federal courtroom in New York, I'm looking forward to a full adjudication of all issues on appeal. Sentencing was set for May sentencing was set for May 24th, and prosecutors said it was likely that Daniels will be speaking at the sentencing. The verdict came hours after the jury four persons sent a note to the judge saying that one juror was refusing to look at evidence and was deciding the case based on his, on her feelings and emotions. But the verdict ended up being unanimous. You, my friend, are the final inductee in the Cigar Insane Asylum. And there you have it. Uh, we uh, thank everyone out there for joining us. Uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed uh, our Saturday morning. Thanks, Big thanks to Mickey Pegg. Don't forget, please check out the link in there. All Saints Cigars, this weekend only. Today and tomorrow, 15% off. Check it out. Try it. We've all been thoroughly enjoying the stick throughout the show. So, Coop's got the other one, St. Francis. Great. So, uh, please check it out. Coop, thank you. Thank Coop, you. We'll see you in two weeks. I can't wait. Yep. All right. And until uh, the great smoke, everyone, keep it lit. <laughs>